everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guy, your insider's guide to all things franchising in the local area. I'm Blake Martin, local small business franchise owner and your Heartland Franchise Guy. This is the place for advocacy, resources, and education on all things franchising in the local community and a great place for local entrepreneurs who are just looking to learn more about the industry. Today, our topic is Franchise Advisory Councils, a really important part of any growing and established franchise organization. And we're lucky today to have somebody who is the chairwoman of an existing Franchise Advisory Council and a franchisee herself, Mary Kronk. Mary, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, Blake. That's the first time I've been called a chairwoman. <laughs> I just made it up as I went, but it's true. You're a chairwoman, right? You are you are in charge, or I guess officially, are you president of the FAC? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> well, let's start. Tell me a little bit about your background, and then we'll move into what the heck is a Franchise Advisory Council for those who have never heard of it before. Tell me a little bit about your professional background, if you would. Sure, Blake. Well, as you know, but maybe the folks here don't know, um, you are you and I are colleagues. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a FranNet consultant with FranNet, a, a multi-territory owner. Um, I have uh, over 20 years, 21 years in franchise consulting experience, and I've owned three franchises over time. All have been... Um, multi-territory. One was actually a master franchise, so lots of familiarity there. Um, So I have done this longer than anything else. Uh, Prior to that, I was in the semiconductor industry. I worked for an IndyCar team for six years in Indianapolis, which is super exciting. Oh, we're going back to that for sure. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yes, so done this much longer than anything else. Well, that's quite the background. Yeah. And you've done a little bit of everything in franchising, so glad to have you here for this episode for sure. Well, thanks for having me. So as a franchise owner, you were elected by peers to become part of a franchise advisory council and actually currently are the sitting chairwoman, president, whatever. You're the head honcho of it. (laughs) (laughs) What is a franchise advisory council or an FAC? In, in our case, well, I do find that with some franchises, it's a little bit different. The structure can be a little bit different. The interaction between um, the Franchise Advisory Council, the franchisees, and the franchisors can be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So it, in our case, it's really working hand-in-hand with our marketing team, with our corporate team, to make sure that our franchisees are really getting what they need to be able to do what they do the best way that they can. Um, So it's really more of an advocacy for the franchisees, but um, it really works both ways, working with corporate and the franchisees. So everybody's on the same page. Well, that that's a, that's a great summary. Appreciate that. And it's a role where it's meant to be, um, an elected voice, right? An elected voice of the franchisees so that as a franchise system grows like FranNet, uh, you continue to have representation, the the voice of the franchise owners, even though the franchisor can't necessarily be in touch with all of the franchisees on a daily basis. Is that correct? 
Absolutely. So in our case, we welcome the franchisees to tell us, you know, what their concerns are, what they need help with. Um, when things are going well, we love to hear that too. We love to communicate <laughs> and be their voice back to uh, corporate. So you talked about it. Uh, you, you mentioned some specific or general categories. Can you get a little bit more specific, you know, obviously without releasing anything proprietary, but what types of things are discussed in a franchise advisory council meeting? Most of the time it's related to um, marketing, um, lead generation, branding. So um, it, it really kind of goes back to, again, what the organization is like. You know, I have friends in other franchise systems where they're, they're really working um, regionally. In our case, that's not the case. We're really elected nationally. We work on behalf of everyone on a national basis. Um, you know, the other responsibility we really have is from a financial perspective, the franchisor actually collects fees from the franchise owners. And we use those fees basically to fulfill those things that I mentioned before, the marketing, the branding, the lead generation, in order to um, benefit all the, the franchisees together. Got it. And so, as you said, in other franchise systems, you might have a, a separate uh, brand or marketing council and franchise advisory council. But in this case, part of the responsibility of the franchise advisory council is also some portion of the national marketing spend. That's correct. And and as closely as that um, comes together with technology, um, there are a lot of technological aspects that we work on as well, especially in this world that we're in of digital marketing. Yeah, exactly. Quick moving, right? And having some uh, having some insight from the people who are on the street out there doing it matters in that case. Absolutely. So can you talk a little bit about the composition of the Franchise Advisory Council? And again, we know that these can vary. It's not like it's a federal law. That you have to have a certain composition, but it's the discretion of the franchise system itself. It's not just a handful of franchisees who participate in these conversations, right, which are typically Zoom conversations and sometimes in person. You know, in our case, um, we have uh, five franchisees that are elected into positions on the Franchise Advisory Council. We have the chair, the vice chair, and then three others. Um, in addition to those folks, we work hand in hand with marketing. So it's not unusual for us to have our vice president of marketing, uh, our marketing director and other support. Um, we also have the president and CEO of FranNet that participates in these as well. You bring up a really good point there. So you've got some key executives involved in these conversations. And they're, I mean, in the case of FranNet, they're really every other month. There could be a, a greater or lesser frequency with other franchise systems. But it begs the question, um, that's, a, that's a serious dedication of time of the key executives. What's the value for them? Why, why do they want to have a franchise advisory council? Well, uh, for them, they need that conduit uh, to the franchisees for one. Uh, the other thing, too, is going the other direction. We can bubble up best practices and bring ideas to the table coming from the franchisees all the way up to corporate. You know, we've all heard that story that um, the McDonald's franchisee was the one who actually created the drive through window and brought that to McDonald's corporate, right? Yeah. So whether or not they came through their FAC, I don't know. But 
That's the same. It was probably the chairwoman of, of their FAC. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's the same sort of idea there. So I, I think there's benefit, um, you know, to those relationships um, kind of rolling back and forth. Does that make sense? Absolutely, it does. I mean, it's creating forums for effective communication. And I'm, you know, for any responsible franchisor, you'd think, I mean, having been a franchisor before I can say this, any responsible franchisor gets concerned that as we continue to grow, there's real economies of scale and advantages that you have. Uh, but you also get concerned about losing some of that personal touch and losing some of the communication with franchisees. You wish you could talk to every one of them every day, but you can't. It's just not possible anymore. So as you said, that conduit for communication I think having been a franchisor, that's exceedingly important. And that's why the key executives should be involved in those conversations. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it speaks to our organization that those executives are part of that on a regular basis. And just speaking on communication, I think it speaks to a lot of our organization that we actually have um, meetings, you know, for everyone to be a part of on Fridays, even outside of being um on the FAC or using the FAC, you know, as a conduit. So um, I think that we've got some pretty good opportunities in our organization that really kind of keep things um, more transparent. Right, right. And to clarify, to be a part of the Franchise Advisory Council, to be a, a participating FAC member, it's a nomination and election process from your peers, right? That's correct. And, and in our case, um, the franchisees are nominated. They can nominate themselves. They can be nominated by other people, but they have to be in good standing with the franchisor, um, in good standing with their own business. It wouldn't make sense for them to spend time on it otherwise. Um, and then the election is, um, you know, by our peers, like you said. So, yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts on, so, you know, you, there are franchisors that are just starting up. They've got a few locations. And then, of course, there's franchisors like McDonald's that we talked about before, been around for 80 years, got tens of thousands of locations. Any thoughts on when is the right time to start forming a franchise advisory council within a franchise system? You know, this is a really interesting question because um, I uh, worked with someone recently who was a newer franchisee in their franchise system. And in her particular case, she was asked by corporate to be on the FAC. So it wasn't elected, but they needed they needed a starting point. Right. So it's her and four other people that they asked to be a part of it to help them with that information and drive the organization. Um I think the thing that's really important about that isn't necessarily when you put it together, it's about having a structure for it. And that was one of the things in talking to her that I realized how unique we, we are, that our structure for our FAC is very well put together. Um, our meetings are very productive. And, um, and I had actually counseled her a little bit on maybe ways that she could help their FAC be better formed, even work with the franchisor to, to give it a better form and to make it more impactful for everyone involved. So I think early is good, but making sure that there's a structure to it and um, that the goals have been, been put in place for what exactly you're hoping to achieve by even having it. So, yeah. 
And you reminded me as you were giving that helpful answer that uh, back in my franchisor days, uh, it came to my attention that you're typically going to see in any franchise agreement, even if you're the first franchisee and it's way too soon for an advisory council, don't need an advisory council of one, you'll see in the in the franchise agreement itself that the franchisor reserves the right to develop such a franchise advisory council and or a brand or marketing advertising council. And perhaps puts a little bit of detail in there about what it what it is likely to look like, you know, elected by peers, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely. And we also see that too in FDVs where franchisors have said that they are going to take a, a certain percentage for an ad fund. The franchisees are going to have something to say about how those funds are directed. And that's an incredibly re- important reason to have that FAC in place. Yeah, you can't. You're, n- you're never going to get. Um, you're never going to get agreement from every franchisee on how to spend the money. But if you've got a group of elected representatives, and you've got to make purposeful but important decisions about <laughs> how that money is invested, nice to know that franchisees are involved in that decision, right? Or leading that decision. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yep. I, one other small anecdote, uh, and I'll say this because I guess it's public information, anyway, but I remember. Uh, with Right at Home, the franchisor that I was part of, they actually intentionally, when they created their first um, FAC, they requested that one of the members who actually became the chairperson was a franchisee who was known for kind of being at odds with the franchisor, who certainly wasn't somebody that was just going to rubber stamp everything for them. And it was a gutsy move, but I remember that turning out to actually be a very positive move for everybody. It created a lot of credibility for the FAC, and that franchisee eventually came to see a little bit more about see things through the eyes of the franchisor. <laughs> and I'm, I'm betting you see things a little bit more through the eyes of the franchisor being a chairwoman yourself, right? It's funny that you say that because um, I think – that everyone at some point in their life should run for some type of elected office, (laughs) whether it be the FAC city council. My husband did that. Um, You no matter what it is, they should have that experience. Number one, to understand how rigorous it is to, to do something like that, to go through the election. Number one, number two, once you're on the inside, things are a lot different. It's not exactly what you thought it was positive or negative. If you, you know, if you view the world, you know, through rose colored glasses, you may think that's all you're going to see when you get there. And that's not the case. (laughs) If you're extremely negative, you know, you could think that you're going to join this organization and it's all going to be horrible. And it's, it's not, it's, it's really a balance of both. And I think it is really important for people who consider being a part of this. Uh, Maybe if you're going to look at running to be on an FAC or something like that, um, that you're pretty level-headed, you're, you're pretty open-minded and that you really want to get business done, you know? So it's not a place to be adversarial. It's a place to hear people out, but try to get to the best decision collectively for everyone, not for one individual. <laughs> so. Well, I, I cannot think of a better way to wrap up a conversation. I think you tied that up nicely and it really does kind of define what the ideal 
what the ideal environment is for a uh, for a productive franchise advisory council. So thank you. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I appreciate your time here today, and I appreciate you sharing with us all of your experiences, both before and during your chairwomanship <laughs> of the Franchise Advisory <laughs> Council. <laughs> Mary, thank you very much for your time. Mary Cronk, down in warm Texas. Appreciate you taking taking time from outside in order to join us indoors for a podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Blake. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And thanks to everybody here for being part of and listening to today's podcast. Remember, don't keep us a secret. If you see anything in this episode that you think others should know about, please be sure to share and also subscribe and follow. We want folks to learn as much as they can, particularly if they're looking into researching franchise opportunities. And if you've got any questions for Mary, for myself, or on this topic, just scan the QR code on your screen. That'll get you in touch with us directly, and we'll be happy to answer your questions. Thanks to all of you for joining us for another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guy. We'll see you here again soon. Ahura Media Production.